Coming up, federal debt, budgets, and brinkmanship. We're turning up the heat as we discuss the current political climate. From Thrivent Asset Management, welcome to Episode 15 of Advisors Market 360, a podcast for you, the driven financial advisor. Since the financial crisis of 2008 and continuing through the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, federal government spending and debt have increased dramatically to stabilize and support the economy. Also, during this period, fiscal policy has been used by both parties to further their divergent political agendas. We caught up with Steve Lowe, CFA, Chief Investment Officer, to get his insights on the political landscape and, more importantly, how fiscal policies can affect the economy and investments in general. Commenting on a well-known difference in priorities between the two parties, Lowe acknowledged that Republicans typically have pushed for tax cuts, while Democrats have typically pushed for increased social spending. Both parties, however, came together in a rare act of unity in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic, agreeing on the need for massive public spending when the economy shut down last year. The consequence of the combined actions of both parties has been a sharp rise in the level of federal debt relative to the productive capacity of the U.S. economy. The federal debt relative to gross domestic product, or GDP, is now over 120%, a level not seen since the end of World War II. Even for the largest, most developed economy in the world, this degree of total debt would be considered treacherous. However, the capital markets have refuted this conventional wisdom of excess debt as interest rates have plunged to historic lows and equity markets have surged. Legislation enacted in 1917 established a total federal dollar debt limit, or ceiling, which could be exceeded only when Congress either agreed to a new higher limit or agreed to temporarily suspend the requirement for a set period. If Congress was to fail to increase the debt ceiling or pass legislation to suspend or abolish it, the U.S. would default on its obligations. However, doing so would be calamitous for global capital markets and, in turn, global economies. Perhaps that's why the debt ceiling has been raised 78 times since 1960. Some past negotiations around increasing the debt ceiling have led to brinkmanship tactics, standoffs in which each side holds their opponent to the flame with an eye on the clock, anticipating a last-second declaration of mercy before calamity strikes. During these congressional fights, the government has had to use temporary emergency measures to pay its bills and service its debt. Although this has caused some short-term market turmoil, Congress has always found a way to deal with the debt limit and avoid default. Currently, the debt limit has been suspended. However, the capital markets may again become agitated if debt brinkmanship returns, which could boil over during current debates regarding funding for a large infrastructure bill and a proposed substantial increase in social spending. Given the enormous size of this incremental spending and the current acrimonious political environment, it is reasonable to expect a messy process. And while it will eventually lead to an increase in the debt ceiling, this brinkmanship may cause some short-term market turmoil. The stakes seem especially high this time around and are compounded by the midterm elections looming in 2022. As Lowe reminds us, when individuals maintain very high debt levels relative to their income through maxed-out credit cards or other debt, the consequence they face is higher interest rates charged by banks or other creditors. In the same vein, when a company vastly increases its level of debt relative to its earnings, the market demands a higher rate of interest on its bonds or other forms of borrowing to compensate for the elevated risk of default. So, it would stand to follow that when a country vastly increases its debt relative to its output, 
the rate of interest it pays on that debt would rise commensurately. However, for the U.S. government, whose national debt relative to output has risen dramatically in just 10 years, that has not been the case. In fact, the interest cost for issuing prodigious amounts of debt has actually declined by over 70%, and interest rates have fallen to historic lows. A key difference is that unlike individuals or corporations, U.S. government debt is considered essentially free from the risk of default. Further, U.S. Treasury securities lubricate the entire global financial system given that they are widely used as collateral and are denominated in U.S. dollars. Even with the soaring debt in the U.S., the dollar remains the global reserve currency and is used in the majority of global trading transactions. In the current environment, two other factors are repressing interest rates. The first is the unprecedented purchase of U.S. government debt by the Federal Reserve, or Fed. And the second is the equally unprecedented phenomenon of negative interest rates in other developed regions of the world. These negative rates make the very low yet still positive U.S. rates look attractive by comparison. While September is considered the heart of hurricane season, there's another storm brewing in Washington when Congress returns from summer recess. The combined magnitude of both a large infrastructure bill and President Biden's Build Back Better budget is already meeting stiff resistance from Republicans. The U.S. Treasury will likely trigger extraordinary measures sometime in September to fund the government. But with the expiration of the 2019 debt ceiling suspension, legislative action needs to happen to avoid a government shutdown or, even the unthinkable, an actual U.S. government debt default. The most serious market reaction to political brinkmanship over the debt ceiling occurred in August and September of 2011. The political issue at that time was the funding for Obamacare. Although a deal was finally achieved, the credit rating firm Standard & Poor's made the historic move to downgrade U.S. government debt from AAA to AA+. The reaction to this downgrade was for bond prices to surge, while 10-year Treasury yields fell from 2.7% to 1.7%, and equity markets declined almost 15% on fears of the economic repercussions of this new financial variable. However, one year later, bond yields were unchanged, while the S&P 500 index, tracking the average performance of 500 large-cap stocks, surged 30% higher from its low in September 2010. Like the weather, the political climate can be difficult to forecast. But Steve Lowe offers these nine key considerations that you can share with your clients. 1. Politics should not influence an investor's long-term strategy. Over long periods of time, the fundamental dynamics of the U.S. economy have prevailed over short-term political noise or headwinds. However, short-term market reactions to significant political or legislative developments can be extreme, warranting some near-term caution, but also may provide some long-term opportunities for disciplined investors. 2. The current environment seems especially ripe for an acrimonious and protracted political fight over the debt ceiling. There are many ways for a resolution to be achieved, so expect that ceiling will again be increased and yet another funding crisis averted. 3. Expect the unexpected when it comes to market reactions to budgets, deficits, and debt. The most extreme example of this is the persistence of exceptionally low bond yields, while debt relative to GDP has doubled in the past decade. 4. Although a resolution to the debt ceiling is expected, the level of federal debt is exceptionally high for this episode of long-running drama over government debt. Historically high levels of debt have acted as a longer-term depressant to economies. The classic example is Japan, which has a debt-to-GDP level twice as high as the U.S., yet still has negative interest rates. 5. The higher debt levels rise, 
the greater the incentive is to counteract market forces working to increase interest rates. The cost of paying interest on the debt would soar over time should rates spike materially, which in turn could crowd out spending in other areas. As a result, there is strong incentive for the Fed and other central banks to push down real interest rates, the cost of debt after inflation. This is a longer-term issue, however, as markets and the economy will drive rates in the near term. 6. The Fed is likely to start tapering its purchases of U.S. Treasuries and mortgage-backed securities later this year, or early in 2022, by steadily reducing the monthly amount from $120 billion down to zero. The immediate impact on rates is likely to be minimal, as the move is widely expected by the market. Over time, however, tapering lessens the downward pressure on interest rates. 7. We expect interest rates to move higher through the end of 2021 and into 2022 as economic growth and inflationary pressures continue. 8. We remain positive on the economy and are moderately overweight in equities in our mixed asset funds. The risks, however, have increased recently due to the spread of the Delta variant and its impact on confidence and sectors most impacted by COVID-19, such as airlines. Combined with relatively rich U.S. equity valuations, a market pullback would not be surprising, especially as August and September have been the weakest months on average over the last 40 years. 9. We would use any material pullback to add equities at more attractive valuations. We are overweight in domestic and European equities, but underweight in emerging markets, which have lagged due to slowing Chinese growth caused by China's regulatory crackdown, along with the relatively greater impact of the Delta variant on emerging markets. We favor growth over value, and large capitalization stocks over small caps. Thanks for listening to this episode of Advisors Market 360. All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Learn more about us at thriventfunds.com and find other items of interest to you, the Driven Financial Advisor. Bye for now. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Actual investment decisions made by Thrivent Asset Management LLC will not necessarily reflect the views expressed. This information should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or product. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific financial needs, objectives, goals, time horizon, and risk tolerance. Thrivent Asset Management, a division of Thrivent, offers financial professionals a variety of investment products to help meet their clients' needs. Thrivent Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA and SIPC and is a subsidiary of Thrivent, the marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans. Mm-hmm.